0: Welcome in, Chiefs fans. My name is Farzim Visugi, and I am the host of the Chiefs Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys listening to the show. Hope you all had a great weekend, and hope your early week is off to a great start. I appreciate all of you guys listening to the podcast early on in the week, or maybe later in the week, whichever it may be. Nonetheless, I appreciate everyone taking the time to download and listen to the podcast. A lot to get into on this episode. A very good show is in fact, it's going to be an exciting show. We're going to talk to Dan Shanka from OurLads.com former pro and college scout he's going to be joining us here on the podcast. And his resume by the way, one of the best out there as far as people in the media go, especially scouts go uh, that talk about the game of football and he's one of the best to talk to. He's been in the NFL with the Chiefs also in uh, college football including the Kansas Jayhawks and I think he's a really great guy to bring on here to talk about the Chiefs, and anyway, we're going to get into Pat Mahomes and do a QB breakdown here, and also talk a little bit about Breland Speaks too. Uh, but this is a really a, a great guy to have on because he's of course got a lot of familiarity in Kansas City, being a former scout himself here. He knows the environment, the the culture, the excitement that Kansas City Chiefs fans bring. Of of course, being the loudest fans in the NFL, and not only that, he's worked with Andy Reid before in Philadelphia. Uh, up front before so he's definitely the perfect person to have on here there's a question that I asked Matt Miller uh the previous week of course second week in a row we're gonna have a scout on the podcast which I think is always good because look uh we can say we can talk we can talk about the game of football until we're blue in the face and you know I I do this podcast of course I, I think I've got a good grasp on the sport uh better than some fans out there Uh, But at the same time, we're all just fans at the end of the day. So we need scouts to come on here and give us this comprehensive breakdown sometimes and give us their side of things because they always see things differently than we do. And Dan's a great guy, of course, because he's worked uh, with Andy Reid, as I mentioned. And there's a question uh, that I asked Matt Miller last week on the podcast. And I'm going to ask the same question to Dan because he's got a little bit more familiarity with Andy Reid. And I think he's a perfect person. To talk to you about this and uh, ask that specific question too. And you guys will hear that later on in my conversation with Dan Shanka. If you guys want to interact with me on social media, you can do so facebook.com slash Farzin Vesugian. Like and follow me on Facebook, you guys, can also follow me on Twitter at Farzin21. You guys can send me an email as well, Farzine at farzinvesugian.com. If you guys haven't, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes. We're working very hard to expand the podcast out a little bit. For uh, For a while, I thought we were on Google Play for a bit. And I know a lot of you guys have asked, when can we expect the podcast on Google Play? Uh, that is going to be happening very soon. So please stay patient. That will be coming very soon. Uh, I thought this was on Google Play, but that was the previous feed back when I was on thesportstuff.com. Of course, ran by Dylan Richardson. Uh, And and now I'm doing this on my own, and the feeds have changed. I'm doing this, of course, uploading it all myself, producing it myself as well. Uh, So that was actually previous episodes of the podcast. I finally figured that out, and a couple of you guys mentioned that to me, which I appreciate. And we're working very hard to put this out on Google Play, as well as other uh, podcasting outlets as well. So please be patient; that will be coming very soon. If you're using iTunes to listen, in the meantime, I definitely appreciate you guys making that effort. Uh, trust me when I say it will happen very soon. Before the end of the month, we will get on Google Play very soon. As I mentioned earlier, we did have the conversation with Matt Miller last week. If you haven't heard it yet, do check it out in the archive section on iTunes, and of course, I have tweeted the links uh, on Twitter and also posted them on my Facebook page. And speaking of social media, I do briefly want to say I appreciate all of you guys that wish me a happy birthday on Monday. Uh, turning 27, just like, uh, Kareem Hunt's jersey numbers. So definitely appreciate all of you guys that sent me well wishes on Monday. I, I've got to say, and I, I believe I've shared the story before on the podcast, you know, me, me personally, uh, birthday, you know, like a lot of people and, and certainly people in their 20s, 30s and beyond listening can definitely, uh, relate to this. I mean, what I, I've learned that once you get to your 20s, your birthday is just another day, but that's kind of been the case for me even before then. And Don't get me wrong. I was looking forward to my 21st birthday when that happened, which was great and all. certainly had a lot of fun, uh, even though it was on a Monday, uh, which is the same this time around. Uh, but I, I do have to say, you know, me personally, on my birthday, because it falls in, in late May, uh, and that's really when school gets out around late May, you know, I, I've always been used to, as a kid, you know, in high school uh, – yeah, all right, it's my birthday on the 21st, and then, of course, parents shut everything down, and and, and they force you to, to study and do well on your finals, of course, so uh, I, I've i been used to focusing on school on my birthday, uh, not the most exciting way to celebrate your birthday, but hey, uh, gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, uh, however, uh, of, of course, a lot of people know, and maybe the younger fans may not know this, but if, you, if you're a college student, or if you've Uh, graduated or at the very least have enrolled in college before you know that college semesters are much shorter and the breaks are actually a little bit longer and that was pretty cool for me because my first year uh my first full year after uh as a freshman as a college student the first day of summer was actually my birthday uh, on my 19th birthday so that was probably the coolest birthday I had uh, just not having to go to school, having to worry about anything and coming home uh, after the uh, after the semester and just kind of relaxing on that first day of summer on my birthday, which I thought was very cool. so and of course that's you know a lot of your friends coming back home before the summers so that's kind of a good time to see everyone once again uh, that you haven't seen in a while. So I, I've always appreciated that about my birthday. just just being able to relax and uh, enjoy that. at least I was during college, of course, uh, you know, on a Monday, on a work day, going back, back to work, but hey, uh, another day I'm alive. Uh, it's all good, and I definitely appreciate all of the comments. Let me just wait for one quick minute, if I may, because there are people out there that brag about their birthday like they're the king of the world or the queen of the world. And listen, if you know, if you've got someone very close to you nowadays with the social media era that we are in, yeah, of course, you know, upload something and let your uh, let your loved one know that you care about them, and let all of your friends know that it is a uh, a birthday. For uh, someone close to you. But there are people out there that that think they like own the world for one day. And I've never wanted to come off that way on the day of my birthday. In fact, and, and again, especially after your 21st birthday... Stop bragging that it's your birthday because, let's be honest, no one really cares. You may get a few happy birthdays here and there from people that you don't even know that well on Facebook, but outside of that, I mean, no one really cares that it's your birthday. They really don't. In fact, if anything, I think mothers should be the ones bragging about that day because they put up with you for several months and then uh, gave birth to you. And I think they're the ones that should be bragging the most. On that birthday, but that's just me. Again, like I said, I appreciate all of the uh, birthday comments. Even though I don't like to make a big deal out of it, definitely appreciate all of the kind birthday wishes that you guys sent to me on Monday. Enough about that. Let's get into the Kansas City Chiefs, and of course, Dan Shonka going to be joining us very shortly here on the podcast. Uh, Not a lot of Chiefs news. Uh, I do have to say, Patrick Mahomes. For those of you who knew, and I mentioned this on the Facebook page, he threw out the first pitch on Friday's game against the New York Yankees, the Royals and the Yankees, of course, squared off uh, for three games over the weekend at Kauffman Stadium, and the Chiefs won on Friday when Mahomes threw out the first pitch, and they lost on Saturday and Sunday, in fact, they were blown out by by the Yankees. If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Yankees and the Red Sox hold the uh, two best records in baseball right now, but on Friday, the Royals beat them. What did Mahomes, what happened when Mahomes visited Allen Fieldhouse to support his alma mater, the Texas Tech Red Raiders? The Red Raiders beat the Jayhawks. Not a coincidence. Mahomes goes out and throws the first pitch at the Royals Yankees games. What happened? The Royals beat the Yankees. And then they lose the next two games. So, uh, I don't know. I'm starting to get into this Mahomes fever a little bit. I don't know about you guys, but I'm starting to feel pretty good about him. Uh, seems to be that really, really nice good luck charm that we've needed in Kansas City for a long time maybe it's just me uh like I said some people believe in these things some people don't but I'm starting to I'm starting to believe in this a little bit I'm usually not this kind of guy but Patrick Mahomes uh I I think people are starting to form a man crush for this guy so Pat Mahomes of course he did throw out the first pitch uh at Coppin Stadium that's the biggest Chiefs news over the weekend on Monday it was revealed uh, by, I believe, an attorney, Uh, and I'm trying to load up the details for this. The Kansas City Chiefs filed two trademarks for a new beer, and that's all we know right now. We don't know exactly when it's going to come, where it's going to be released. It's assumed that at the very least, this beer will be released at Arrowhead, and the trademarked name for this that was applied uh for the brand of beer is called Kingdom Blonde Ale it's got a picture of Arrowhead Stadium with the name Chiefs uh on the backside of the video board basically you're looking at it from the outside view uh, uh in the parking lots uh, behind the end zones uh so th- th- that's kind of intriguing okay all right uh, this this definitely has my interest uh, but here's the other thing. What if you don't live in Kansas City? Or what if you do live in Kansas City and you don't attend games? I'm just reading what uh, Pete, and I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, Grathoff is writing for the Kansas City Star. It's assumed that this beer will only be available at Arrowhead Stadium. It's definitely got the Arrowhead logo and the uh, the stadium in the background, of course. Uh, one uh, one of them has it called Kingdom Blonde Ale, and that was released by Josh Gerbin, who I believe is a trademark attorney. And he had tweeted that, that out on Monday morning. Uh, an image from the United States Patent and Trademark Office. So what do you think about this? Because, uh, like I said, not the most exciting week of Chiefs News. But this seems to be the uh, biggest uh, Chiefs News on uh, uh, to start off the week on Monday. Uh, another trademark name calling it Casey Blonde Ale which has the Chiefs logo with the uh, arrowhead in the KC inside. Uh, basically, the Chiefs logo, like I said. And then underneath it, it says Blonde Ale. And there's a poll on the Kansas City Stars website that says, which name do you like better, Kingdom Blonde Ale or KC Blonde Ale? The, the closest comparison I can make is when Boulevard, they released the Crown Town Ales in 2014 and 2015 when the Royals were in the World Series back-to-back years. And even though one year was, uh, World Series runner up and the other year was the World Series champion, they still called it the same exact name. The only difference was the year on the bottle. And I believe the ingredients of that were very similar to the Tank 7 for, uh, for Boulevard. So, uh, I'm not exactly sure if this is going to be something similar. I know we also have the Casey Pills from Boulevard. Uh, and I know Casey, uh, the Casey Beer Company, I mean, they're trying to come out with things and trying to make that connection with, uh, with sports in Kansas City. Uh, I know. Uh, yeah, I mentioned Crown Town Boulevard had something similar with Sporting Kansas City, and I can't remember the name of that exactly. But you're starting to see that now, so this is going to be kind of interesting, of course, to see what uh what the Kansas City Chiefs do with this. I know they've added some suites over the years, of course. Uh, just just recently, on the ground level, there was a special section for I, I believe. People who buy tickets to certain suites, not exactly familiar with that swap, but you do see it when players go in and out of the tunnel and uh, going into the locker room and onto the field or vice versa. So I know the Kansas City Chiefs are probably trying to implement something to make it more enticing, to go to the stadium, buy a beer from the concession stands or from the suite areas where they serve beer. You pay a bigger price for that, of course. Uh, but, but that seems to be kind of an interesting thing. So uh, not exactly sure about this. The Kansas City Chiefs have not said anything about this. It's just from uh, from Josh Gerbin, who I mentioned, he is a uh, patent attorney. And he had uh, tweeted out these pictures of the two different trademark names that the Chiefs have uh, apparently filed for. So let me know your guys' thoughts on this. Facebook.com slash FarzineVasugian, Twitter.com slash farzine 2 One, and my email, Farzine at FarzineVasugian.com. Joining us on the Chiefs' Zone podcast right now, a friend of the podcast. It's been a while since I've last had him, though. Uh, I've had him on the podcast before. I had him on my radio show back in Lawrence. He is the general manager and national scout for OurLads.com. Uh, also, a former scout in the NFL and in college football, has spent with teams such as the Kansas City Chiefs and the Kansas Jayhawks, just to name a couple. Of course, with proximity, those are some notable teams. Uh, so a lot of people may be not familiar with him directly, but definitely familiar with some of the work that he has done with those teams. And one of the best guys out there to talk to, uh, especially with his expertise and experience in the sport. And we're lucky to have him on the podcast. Gracious to give us a few minutes of his time here on the podcast. Dan Shonka. Dan, it's been a long time since we've last had you on the podcast. Welcome back. How have you been?
1: Yeah, I've been good. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's um, with these OTAs being ramped up now, we can kind of see after many camps and things how these uh, rookies are doing. And, uh first Kansas City was fighting with a short stick this year by giving up the first-round uh, pick a year ago uh, for uh, – hopefully an outstanding quarterback, but uh, I you know, I think that uh, Patrick Mahomes, if he steps up and does whatever he thinks he can do, uh, it you know, may be a good bet.
0: We definitely want to get into all of that with you. Uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about with Patrick Mahomes, this being his first year as a primary quarterback, and a lot of things that he's got uh, around him uh, that can really help him succeed. Definitely want to get into all of that with you. First, I, I want to talk to you real quickly because I think – your website, OurLads.com, uh, and which you're the GM and Scott for, and you told me this before we started recording, you've been doing this for 14 years now. I feel like there are a lot of people out there that are familiar with what you guys do, and and just all of the scouting services you provide. And you guys also provide great depth charts, by the way. I know you mentioned on social media the guy who had a big hand in creating all of those and keeping up with those, he had passed away. But uh, you guys still do such a great job of pushing forward with those depth charts, uh, which is something I use quite a lot for my game preps uh, when setting the upcoming opponents for uh, for the Chiefs each week. Uh, you guys really just do a great job. I, I feel like even though there are a lot of people that are familiar with our lads, the whether it's the scouting, the depth charts, or both, I th- I think there are a lot of people out there that may maybe not familiar with OurLads.com dot com at all. Uh, tell us a little bit about the website and, and what do you want fans to know about your service?
1: Yes, uh, well, we're a national uh, scouting service, the top independent uh, service uh, in the country, and uh, we've got former NFL scouts that work for us and um of course i i scouted for over 15 years in the league and uh and prior to that uh i i scouted and, and coached in major college football for years and uh we kind of feel like we bring the authentic um thing to uh scouting and uh to our our subscribers and fans out there and and um our our um our, actually our website is really expanding in fact uh during uh probably five months a year we're one of the two the, thousandth best website in the world. So that just tells you over the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of websites, you know, uh for four or five months we're you know, we're we're coming close to the ESPNs, things like that. So, you know, it's uh it's kind of fun. But but anyway, um we've got um, we're really developing the draft section on there. Uh, and, uh, as you were talking about earlier, um, our college depth charts and our pro depth charts were known for that because our pro depth charts we actually update daily and all the transactions that go on in the NFL, players cut, added, uh, retirements, et cetera. Uh, we've got probably the biggest database, uh, in the world. Somebody said that the other day, I heard him say that, uh, we got the top, uh, uh, Depth charts in the galaxy, so I guess maybe uh, out there in outer space uh, we might be number one too. So, but anyway, um, it, it's uh, we constantly have them updated, and then the college ones we update as we can now. The the college ones we usually don't finalize until about a week or so before the first game in the fall, but um, we kind of put together the charts from uh Spring ball and things like that and uh but once uh we hit the season a week before the season, they'll be updated every week so um, between hundred and thirty uh college depth charts and thirty two n f l depth depth charts uh we keep pretty busy,
0: certainly very busy one, and it's been a very off season uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'll get into all of that in just a moment with you. Uh, I talked about this uh, with my listeners on the last episode of the podcast when I was letting them know that you were going to be on with us. And uh, I reshared the story that you shared on this podcast years ago about how you had suggested Albert Hainsworth over Ryan Sims for the Chiefs. And I, I-, I want to bring that up with you because I don't know uh, if you can share any of the machinations and going behind you know what do you do in that moment uh obviously you know if there's a guy you feel really good about you got to show a lot of confidence and prove that hey this is for sure the guy that you need to go with but you know unfortunately uh dick Vermeil and the chiefs front office they went into a different direction with that and i'm not i mean look albert hainsworth didn't have the greatest career by all means but he certainly had some big moments in in his uh I guess in his shorter 50 minutes of fame that he had in the NFL, certainly better than what Ryan Sims offered in the NFL. I'm I'm curious, you know, when when you were a scout in the NFL, what did you try to do to, to let these coaches know? Uh, I mean, you've been with the Eagles, the Redskins, and the Chiefs. Uh, how did you try to convince these guys that hey, look, this is for sure the guy that you need to go with?
1: Well, you know, Albert. Uh athletically and I mean he was a monster obviously and I think that that uh you know I, I think the character thing was probably something but you know what um uh it, <laughs> I've been caught in those before where hey you're looking uh at the character thing and I, I'm a big character guy uh that you don't want you know bad a lot of bad character guys but if you got a strong locker room and a strong head coach you can work through that and um uh of course you know albert uh, had a little edge to him and uh uh but he was clearly the best defensive tackle uh that year in the draft and um so um but but uh you know we went in this different direction and that's the you know that's just the way it goes and uh but uh you know albert ended up making some big money out of washington and and uh did live up to that money but um you know, he uh, his first uh, five six years in the league. I mean, he's virtually unblockable. You know, he's six seven and three hundred and twenty five pounds. Can run, and you got you know a lot of length to you. would get those hands up, and make that quarterback throw out of a well, and he can play all along the defensive line. So, just um, so happens that um, you know that was uh, uh, he, he was a, you know in Tennessee was putting out great football players at that time too. There's a yeah. time where you know. They put in out uh, just an unbelievable amount of NFL talent. And, I mean, it was never bit as good as an Alabama nowadays or, you know, the Notre Dames back then. I mean, in And anyway, he was the best uh, of the college players back then out of Tennessee.
0: Very intriguing, for sure. Dan Shonka uh, here with us from OurLads.com. Dan, uh, I really want to get into Patrick Mahomes with you because I I think you're a great guy to... Talk to about all of this, Uh, and I kind of want to do a quarterback breakdown with you because, you know, a lot of times you hear about these rookie quarterbacks, uh, the skill set they have and what they can offer to the table, but at the same time, you've got to surround them with as much talent possible. Looking at Kansas City, there's a ton of talent around. You've got Kareem Hunt, and let's face it, uh, even if it's not Kareem Hunt, any running back under Andy Reid just seems to excel and always exceed expectations so you know you're set there you've got one of the best tight ends in the NFL and Travis Kelsey you've got an amazing all-around offensive weapon in Tyreek Hill plus I-, I think Sammy Watkins he can have a better role uh, in Kansas City the, the role that he's going to have as a number two receiver as he tries to rebound in his NFL career a little bit I, I think this is going to be a perfect fit for him and he can do a-, a better job this time around in Kansas City is there a, a time where you can remember a quarterback that had this much talent to work with in their first year going into a position where they were the primary quarterback for an NFL team. Because I don't know if there's any that comes to mind right away.
1: Well, uh, the only guy I could think of would be Aaron Rodgers, but uh, you know he sat for three years, and uh, when he came in, there was a lot of talent there at Green Bay. But uh, he would be, you know, one of the few that I could, you know, recall, but. But uh, Mahomes had, you know, I mean, I know that uh, the people uh, last summer uh, just loved what they saw Patrick in practice. Uh, He looked very special, and uh, he did some good things in the preseason and against Denver. So I think, yeah, man, he's going to. Um, Hopefully, break the mold on uh, the uh, air raid quarterbacks, and um, you know, and he learned a lot from Alex Smith, no question about it. I think that was it was a great move that uh, he he backed him up and um, learned a lot on how to be a pro. And uh, you know, you 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 spend the year learning, taking the snaps under center, and you're getting your drop back to your set point, things like that. So uh, it's all ahead of him, and now he's gonna have a chance to. He's got some weapons, like you said. I mean, he's got Hill out there and Watkins can do some good things. So, um, it's gonna be uh and then of course, you know, Hunt is a special back anyway, and loved him coming out of uh, Toledo a year ago. And so um there there's a, a lot and then hey, that ain't even talk about Travis Kelsey, who's a monster at tight end, is probably you know, I guess arguably you'd say what, one of the top two two or three tight ends. Uh, In the league. So he's got the weapons, he's got the athletic ability, he's got the play callers, he's got the scheme. So now it's going to be up to him to lead that team.
0: I've got to ask, as a scout, if you can educate all of us, uh, let all the Chiefs fans know what is it, you know, with, with OTAs coming up, as you alluded to earlier in the podcast. And listen, I'll even take it steps further with training camp and preseason games. Because I think this is a very vital one uh, for Patrick Mahomes. I, I, yeah, sure. I mean, the expectations are high, like I said. But at the same time, we don't know for sure if a guy's going to pan out to do well. And I also have to play devil's advocate too. I look at OTAs and training camps and preseason games, and I can't get too excited for these kinds of things. I really can't because a lot of times you just want to make sure everyone comes out healthy. They look good. They, I mean, that at the very least don't look bad. They can understand the playbook and such and and run the plays that are called but i want to know uh from you as a scout as chiefs fans what should we look out for from patrick mahomes in ota's training camp and preseason games
1: well he's got to make great decisions you know you want to see that a guy that's gonna uh make the right call at the right time and uh his accuracy has got to be impeccable i mean he's got to, obviously you got the strong arm and all that but really the arm strength is way down the list of what you're looking for for an NFL quarterback you know you, hey you're not going to throw nine routes every down so you got to be accurate put that have good ball placement and uh making those good decisions on the field and showing the leadership that um uh that's needed at, at the NFL quarterback position because it is an extremely tough position to play and He's got to be able to step up and uh, show that accuracy, his ball placement. You know, not not um, you know always um, just don't have to be perfect throws on the numbers, but you got to have perfect throws and hit that wide receiver in stride, so he doesn't have to slow down for the ball. Because man, you do that with Tyree Kill, and that's a touchdown. I mean, Sammy, have Watkins, that's a touchdown. You hit him right in stride, so you know they don't slow down. But I think the big thing you're gonna, the fans want to look for is the decision making out of Patrick Holmes. Hey, how does he do, how does he make those adjustments? Uh, you know, uh, can he can he throw from different platforms? Um, you know, he could because you know it's kind of like a doctor going to medical school. You know, you're you're breaking open those, uh, cutting those watermelons and cantaloupe and stuff like that. Well, now <laughs> when you got to cut into a real head, you gotta you better know what you're doing. And uh, so Patrick's had all the cantaloupes and watermelons now, and now he's going to have to go out and operate on his own.
0: I think the biggest question mark with this offense is the offensive line. Uh, They got Eric Fisher a few years ago, number one overall, not the greatest draft class, but that's who they went with. And, Previous GM, John Dorsey, he gave him that extension. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif also got an extension, and that was from Dorsey as well. So those are guys that the Chiefs are going to be moving forward with. They also added Mitchell Schwartz, one of the more notable offensive linemen in recent years. But uh, they had a lot of guys uh, that came from the previous regime. Uh, They were already on the roster when Reed and Dorsey came in, and they let a lot of those guys go. Guys like John Asamoah, Brandon Albert, uh, just to name a couple. And now you look at the situation they're in, and Mitch Morse, I think, is a normal guy too. To also mention, a lot of a lot of people made excuses for Alex Smith, saying that the offensive line he's been working with for years in KC not the best, and that the offensive line made him look bad at times. But people also look at it the other way around. Some people, at least, saying that Alex Smith made the offensive line look bad at times. I'm curious, from your standpoint, what's your take on this offensive line for the Chiefs? Well,
1: I think it all depends on. To pay calls from Andy Reid, because uh, I want to tell you something. Peyton Manning's offensive line is not very good. I mean, he made Pro Bowl players up there, but, but he took its one-two and got the ball out, you know. And uh, now, obviously, the that, the West Coast offense is not exactly like that, but you do throw a lot of slants and, and uh, seam routes and things like that, and that's stuff that um, certainly – Patrick Mahomes can throw is certainly the slant pass uh, that was a staple in the uh, air raid offense and uh, he throws that extremely well and uh, he'll put have good ball placement where like I said the receivers won't have to slow down and, and get it but you know you have to do that in the NFL level now and the timing and all that takes a lot of work and uh, he's going to spend time he's got to spend time with those receivers in their free time over the summer, honing that up along with the OTA. So, um, but I think that um, uh, the biggest thing is the offensive line can hold up as long as you're not asking the asking them to protect the quarterback that's going to take seven step drops every play. Nobody can do that. I, you know, Aaron Rodgers can't do that. So, but if they uh, hone it, where you know, you got this one, two, and then if it's not there, you got the drop off to Kareem Hunt uh, or to the tight end running down the seam and Travis Kelsey. I, I think that that offensive line can hold up because there is some talent there. You got the tough guys up front and, and the physical play, but, you know, you just can't hold the ball a long time. And uh, if you do, you're going to get sacked.
0: Dan Shonka from com here with us. Give him a follow on Twitter at. Our lads underscore Shonka. Shonka is spelled C-H-O-N-K-A. And check out his website, OurLads.com. You are a scout with the Chiefs, but also with the Redskins and the Eagles. Uh, and I see this on your profile uh, on your guys' website. Uh, but it doesn't specify exactly what years you were uh, a scout for all of these teams. Were you with the Eagles when Andy Reid was there? Yeah, uh, the last couple of years I was with
1: Andy before we uh, before I went to the Redskins. And, uh, so, you know, I was very, in fact, you know, um, I was the, the, uh, scout that was in charge of looking at all the quarterbacks that year when we took Donovan McNabb. So, you know, I saw all the quarterbacks. And fortunately I recommended Donovan McNabb and, and, uh, Andy liked him and, uh, and he saw all the quarterbacks too. And, uh, the, the staff did a lot of cross checks on the different quarterbacks. And of course, uh, the fans in Philadelphia wanted to take Ricky Williams and Ricky wasn't even our top running back on our board, much less the top player. So, um, you know, we, uh, but, but, uh, Duffin, uh worked out real well and uh, had a great career there in uh, Philadelphia.
0: The reason I ask th- this question from you, and I would still ask this question regardless, but I think it's a little better knowing that you have some familiarity with Andy Reid uh, up front. Personally, uh, a lot of Chiefs fans are, not too thrilled with the fact that he's going to be calling the plays. And in fact, they're actually pretty upset about it. And look, uh, you had Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy. They had success when they were the play callers for the Chiefs. And by the way, because of their success as play callers, they got head coaching gigs. Yet, when the Chiefs promote Eric Bieniemy to be the offensive coordinator, Andy Reid uh, says that he's going to continue with the play calling in 2018 for Kansas City. And I think that that's kind of confusing to me because... You know, when you see that you have success when you hand off the play calling duties to an offensive coordinator, it really panned out great for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yet, with all this, especially with all this talent you've got around you, Andy Reid still wants to be the offensive play caller for the Chiefs, and I think that to some Chiefs fans that's pretty confusing. A lot of fans want to see an offensive coordinator handle those duties simply because it seems to work even better, at least here in Kansas City. I'm curious if you can explain why that's the case and why you think Andy Reid doesn't want to let Eric be enemy at the very least, at least start off the season calling the plays. Well,
1: you know, I, I think that that's kind of overblown sometimes because, you know, a lot of guys get that title as offensive coordinator, but believe me, John Gruden is going to be calling the play, uh, you know, uh, at the Raiders. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. There's other people are going to be the coordinator, but he's calling the play. and that, And that's just, kind of the way it is. And uh now I know that uh every system's different and I think that uh Andy and De Doug was with us as a in Philadelphia as a uh, quarterback. He's backing up and kind of groomed Donovan back then and uh but so he's been around Andy's offense a whole lot. So when a guy's been around as much him he you know, you can kind of give them a little bit more leeway on the play's call. Now, you know, Eric is he just got to work his way into that position and learn from Andy firsthand in the meetings and uh, making the calls on Sunday and, and things. And uh, I think, you know, he, I'm sure that he's a very smart guy and he'll work his way into that uh, play calling title. But believe me, uh, a lot of guys get those titles, but they uh, had the head coach, they make their, well, you know, you can just go, you, you just look around the league guys, you know, the head coaches are making those calls, not those offensive coordinators. So, uh, except you know, like Belichick, you know, they don't have a defensive coordinator this year. Who you think is going to call those defenses? You know, and uh, so it's just you know the, the title's there, but uh, sometimes it's not always the uh, you know they'll run the meetings and things like that. But they, you know, obviously uh, Eric will have a, a lot on his plate to learn the first year, maybe next year you know Andy will relinquish some of the calls. Couple questions left
0: with Dan Shanka from our lads. Tom here with us. Uh, Dan, uh, let's go to the defensive side of the football uh, for for just a moment if we can. I I do want to say in uh, 2015 it was, or 2016 rather, excuse me, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs did not have a first round. Well, actually they did, but they traded down, and they did not end up drafting anybody in the first round. And sure enough, they got Chris Jones in the second round and Tyree Kill in the fifth round. I know Tyree Kill uh, probably could have been drafted higher had he not had the the -the off-the-field incident. Uh, That he had dealt with. But point being here is uh, in a lot of the redo mock drafts from 2016, uh, I I see a lot of people putting Chris Jones and Tyree Kill as first round draft picks. The Chiefs did not have a first round draft pick uh, because they traded that earlier uh, or last year to get Patrick Mahomes. Uh, So there wasn't a lot of buzz and excitement for these upcoming draft picks. All defensive guys, albeit one guy, is going to uh, Khalil McKenzie switching to the offensive side. But I'm curious, uh, the first draft pick for the Chiefs, uh, Breland Speaks uh, out of uh, Ole Miss. uh, What's your take on him? What kind of impact do you think he can help make on this defense that seemed to take a big step back uh, defensively? Couple of questions left with Dan Shonka from OurLouds.com. Dan, uh, we talked a lot about the offensive side of the football. I want to switch to the defensive side for just a little bit before we let you go. And look at Breland Speaks for a little bit. Because this is the the first draft pick for the Chiefs in 2018. The Chiefs did not have a first-round pick. In 2016, the Chiefs did not have a first-round pick either. Well, I take that back. They did. But they traded that away and got more draft picks later on. Now... In that draft, they got Chris Jones in the second round, and they got Tyreek Hill in the fifth round. Tyreek Hill probably should have been drafted sooner, but he had that off-the-field incident that everyone knows about. Uh, the reason I bring that up is, when you look at these redo mock drafts for 2016, Tyreek Hill and Chris Jones are both guys that are put in the first round of those redo mock drafts. There was not a lot of buzz this year. Because the Chiefs did not have a first-round pick, and you had mentioned the Chiefs traded that up in making that investment for Patrick Mahomes, and we'll see if that's going to be all worth it or not. A lot of people certainly think so, but uh, looking at Brilliant Speaks, the guy who is the first draft pick for the Kansas City Chiefs this year, uh, I'm curious, what's your take on him, and what kind of an impact do you think he can make with the Chiefs in 2018 and beyond? Well, I
1: think the big thing that, that uh, appealed to the Chiefs was Speaks is his versatility. I mean, you this is a big man now, and he, could, he played linebacker, you know, too in college. So uh, he not only can put his hand down and rush off the edge, but he can drop into coverage. I mean, he's a very athletic guy. And um, I, I think the thing anymore, you look around the NFL, these rosters, they want versatility. And um, at every position, you know, I mean, you've got to have uh, linebackers that can cover, like inside linebackers that can cover running backs outside. You've got uh, strong safeties that got to be able to play the run more when they're up close to the line of scrimmage, and and uh, they're lacking that size. But they're playing, say, smaller linebackers now than they used to. Guys that can really run. So the the both offense and defense, and well, you see, offenses now. I mean, yeah, your base offense is three wideouts. You know, so you got to have uh, defenders out there. You can't always make substitutions, but you've got to be able to uh, um, make you know guys on the field got to line up and play the different uh, spots to make and in, in coverage and things. So um, I think the, the, the whole it, it, football isn't as easy as it used to be. It's, so, it's such a special specialty anymore. Each of these positions, what guys can do, and and that Belichick brought that certainly. Uh, in the NFL that take advantage of what a guy can do. And uh but the more more you can do, the more you can help your team. And Breland speaks as a super versatile guy that can play defensive end He can play uh you know the outside linebackers. If he had to, he could step in there and be a first and second down run stuffer um on, on the, in the run game, although now first and second down you're not always you know running the ball. So um, but he's versatile enough to help anywhere along that defensive front.
0: Final question I have for you, Dan, and this is actually not Chiefs related. I want to ask you about the Kansas Jayhawks because as a scout, you were with the Kansas Jayhawks for uh, for a little bit. And uh, be, I mean, I'm sure you, of course, have a little bias towards all of the teams that That you cover. When I say bias, I'm sure these are teams that you know you root for inside because they gave you these opportunities. And of course, me being a big KU fan and also a grad from there, you know, I I root for for them. Of course, Uh, it's just really hard to watch what's going on with that football program. It really is. And. I'm sure you heard the news. They fired Shea on Zenger Monday morning. And I know a lot of KU fans listening. And a lot of people who are not KU fans, they're fans of K-State or Missouri. But I think even then, this is still kind of interesting because of the proximity. And not only that, the, the fact that this is a team that's made no progress whatsoever and that really seems... A very difficult thing to do over the years to not make any sort of improvement whatsoever. Uh Here in Kansas City, of course, we've seen the Kansas City Royals have a lot of bad seasons. And then for two consecutive years, they made the World Series. And now here they are being one of the worst teams once again. So it's kind of weird seeing that dynamic uh just across the street from Arrowhead. Uh, I'm curious, as someone who uh, was with the Jayhawks at one point in, in your coaching career, what do you make of this football program, and, and what, where do you start? What do you do with this program that honestly has shown absolutely no progress whatsoever?
1: Well, I tell you, um, first of all, when my wife and I were in Lawrence, we absolutely love Lawrence, Kansas. I mean, uh, if you can't recruit to Lawrence, Kansas, then you can't recruit. I mean, it's a beautiful campus. You've got great people. Uh, you've got super education, uh, you know, the business school, et cetera, et cetera, and go right on down the line in engineering program that a lot of people didn't know that is really outstanding. So, you know, all that stuff is positive. And what we did when we were there, we turned the program around. And um, you know, I was Don Sambro's second uh, term there, and uh, to, or you know, his second uh, time uh, there. And uh, I, you see, I brought in I think seven starters. The one year that I was a full-time scout there, uh, and recruiter, I should say, and um, we, we, uh, the thing is, you got to go, you got to get guys that are hungry to recruit, all right. And believe me, it's not. And I, I know you know, Ku's been beating their head against the wall for years. It's not that hard if you get you. You look at it this way: if you got, uh, say, you got. 10 coaches now, or you got eight, let's say you got eight on the road, and if you tell me each one of those guys can't bring in one starter, you know, if they don't, they ought to fire them, because I know one thing, a guy told me a long time ago, it's a lot easier to, you know, coach a player when he's pretty good, you know, so you better get a good one out there, and uh, we brought, and I brought in seven starters in, in one year, now back then, you couldn't start as freshmen, but the kids all started, you know, their sophomore. well, take that back, there was a couple of J.C. guys, Broderick Thompson, who played for years in the national football league as an offensive tackle. I brought him in as a defensive tackle, you know, and, and Broderick, uh, and then guy neighbors was a, a defensive tackle. Started two years as a JC guy. Um, but then, uh, Renwick Atkins, uh, brought him in Reggie Smith, guys like that. And, uh, I got them out of Chicago, big 10 schools and, um, went in and, and you had to go in and get those guys that, uh, uh, you have to identify the talent. And if you can't identify talent, then I think you move on from those assistant coaches and find people that can get, you know, find young guys enthousi- that are enthusiastic and and uh, will not turn, you know, they got to turn over every rock to find players. And the thing you want to do first, obviously you want to recruit the state of Kansas first. I mean, you know, and it's going to be tough because you haven't won. But that you gotta make a breakthrough, and of course, Kansas states have done a great job there. Bill Snyder's done an outstanding job down the road, and he gets a lot of times the first you know shot at the Kansas kids and the uh, Kansas City kids and what have you. but um, you just gotta um get recruiters uh if you've got eight guys, you better eight guys on the road, you better get eight recruiters, and then what you might have to do initially is you know go go uh expand your horizons you have to go a lot of different places to get players early, and then once you start winning, <laughs> your local guys will jump on board uh you know and uh but um you've gotta get guys that you can develop, and uh, hey, maybe you gotta take a short running back that say for instance, he's five nine uh two hundred and five pounds I guarantee you there's a ton tons of them out there. Uh, three down type backs that um, you just got to go after, get some of those guys. You got to get those big linemen that you can develop that, that um, you know, you got to identify earlier in their career. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot of hard work. But I tell you what, we turned around, went to a bowl game uh, with all those guys I told you about that I signed as freshmen. they became sophomores, you know, we went to a bowl game that year. So, um, you know, you, you just got to, and then to maintain it, you got to again have that uh, the desire to be great, you know, uh, recruiters out there, and um, keep after it because Kansas is a great place to recruit. Um, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that it can be done there. But hey, you got to have a lot of hard work. You got to have the athletic director that's behind you 100%. Bob Markham was there when I was there, and he was. He was football crazy, man. He loved the basketball, but he knew what it took he's an Ohio guy, I knew what it took to to get a program turned around and of course Don Cambro from being from Texas and John Hadle, uh great you know, one of the greatest names in Kansas history. Uh you know, so hey, it, it, it was I'll tell you one thing about the alumni. You know, I mean I had guys like Bobby Douglas help me out, you know, a thing like okay, uh once a guy signed, like the Chicago kid, Bobby got him jobs. Um, you know, in the summertime. But you know, there was no hanky panky. It's what they did, you know, what the guys, they had to be coming to KU and signed, uh, then we could get them a summer job, you know, and stuff. And the alumni were just super for helping out. So it's there, but you got to cultivate it and you got to work hard at it.
0: Dan Shanka from OurLads.com. Check out his website, OurLads.com, and follow him on Twitter, Twitter.com slash OurLads underscore Shanka. Shanka spelled S H. O-N-K-A. Dan, I appreciate your time. I apologize for going over with you. Uh, definitely appreciate you being very flexible with us and sharing all of your knowledge and expertise of the sport. I really do think you're one of the best guys to talk to uh, about the sport of football. And, of course, you have a lot of familiarity here in Kansas City and with Andy Reid, so I think that makes it even better having you on the podcast. I appreciate you coming back on and uh, would love to have you back on again. Definitely not uh, a big time gap like we did before. De- definitely would love to have you back on much sooner, Thank you again for your time. You betcha. Thank
1: you so much for asking. And, uh, hey, go Chiefs and go KU.
0: Hey, I, I like that. Good call. I, I'm sure everyone listening agrees with the Chiefs part, but we're pretty split on the college level here. So uh, I, I hope everyone can give you a free pass on that one. But I uh, definitely do appreciate your time, Dan. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. That's Dan Shanka of OurLads.com. Off he goes. A lot of interesting stuff there uh, with Patrick Mahomes definitely doing that QB breakdown there because I think this is, uh, of course, a pretty vital moment. OTA is now starting up. And you guys know me. And I said this last year. Uh, you know, you have your beat writers out there uh, that, that you don't know, have to come up with these stories and talk about certain players that are trying to rebound from injuries. Of course, you're probably going to hear a lot about Spencer Ware, Eric Berry, guys that are trying to make their way back to the fold, uh trying to come back from injuries, and certain other players that maybe had bad years but are trying to do better, such as D Ford. Uh, he certainly uh, had some conversations with the media about that earlier this offseason, and I'm sure there's going to be another story about that later. Uh it, it, I don't really follow... OTA news so much. I mean if there's an injury or if someone's looking terrible, I, that's pretty big news right there. And hopefully that's not the case with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, if if a player is not showing up, if uh, a player's Refusing to come until there's a contract. I mean that that kind of drama you don't want to have, but certainly do not anticipate that in Kansas City. Should be very interesting. And of course I did talk about the uh Kansas Jayhawks. I know again, look, I, I know not everyone listening is a KU fan, but but look, it goes beyond that too. I, I think as football fans, um you, you know you look at all the bad teams out there. And unless a, a lot of people here are Royals fans, I assume, and look how long that team Played poorly before they started playing great baseball all of a sudden, and we kind of mentioned that a little bit with the Chiefs versus Royals, football town versus baseball town in the last episode of the podcast. And I think it's kind of—I don't want to say it's fascinating, but certainly there's there's a there's a a point of view that we need to look at here as as fans of the sport, as people that you know we we play you know, Little League, or, or or play with our buddies in the backyard, or, 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 or whatnot, the fact is, there's a lot that we don't know, and I think certain explanations certainly are needed into understanding why teams do so bad for such a long time, I thought his comments about KU was very interesting, uh, he certainly makes it sound easy, I'm sure it's not necessarily you know, snap of a finger easy, but at the end of the day... If you are not making progress with that football program... And I I defended Sheehan's Zanger last year because he got that extension. And I said, look, sure, the football program's bad. But this team is excelling in so many areas. But man, uh, I I think that that one season in 2017 for KU, I think that really did it. I'm kind of curious about the timing of it. Did they have to wait at the end of the school year? That's the only thing I, I have to question right there. But nonetheless... Uh, I definitely thought his comments about, you know, trying to rebuild a really bad football program and it just so happens there's one of those nearby in Kansas City it was very interesting and uh, I hope you guys definitely learned something from that. Let me know your thoughts on everything you heard from my conversation with Dan. Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian. Also on Twitter at farzine 21. You guys can also email me Farzine at Farzee Be sure you give him a follow on Twitter at OurLads underscore Shanka. Time to wrap up the show. Let's go around the NFL. Des Bryant remains a free agent at the moment. Of course, former Dallas Cowboys wide receiver who accomplished a lot there. I know he's taking a bit of a step back, but Dan kind of mentioned this with the tons of websites out there. A lot of sports websites suggesting that Des Bryant should join this team or, the, or that team. A lot of team specified websites calling for their team to essentially sign Des Bryant. And Listen, I, I'll just say this right now, and I know there's one article on Sports Illustrated talking about why Des Bryant will regret passing an offer from the Baltimore Ravens. I'll just say this. He's got to prove himself. He's got to take a one-year deal for 2018, play that year out, and prove himself, and then demand more money from teams in 2019. He has not been in his Pro Bowl his form, his Pro Bowl self, for three seasons now. In uh... The 16 games that he played last year, he had 69 catches, 836 yards, and 6 touchdowns. And that was his best among the last three years. He had 8 touchdowns in 2016 uh, compared to the 6 last year. But other than that, 2017 was his best year in the last three seasons. Those aren't necessarily great numbers when you think of Des Bryant. Had a 1,000 receiving yards for three consecutive years. Just dominated cornerbacks on the field. And we haven't seen the same Des Bryant since then and of course the, the fallout with what happened in Dallas certainly very questionable and you know what's next for Des nobody knows right now but I think if he goes with that one-year deal just to prove himself I think that's really the best way to go about it another player that's finding one way to go about something Johnny Manziel is going to the CFL he has signed a two-year deal with the Hamilton Tiger Cats Now, the head coach of the Tiger Cats, he had mentioned that the uh, starter that they have had in the past, he's going to remain the starter, but he will give Johnny Manziel an opportunity. He thinks Manziel is going to pick it up pretty quickly as training camp is underway with the Tiger Cats and the rest of the CFL. And I think at the end of the day, look, I think he's going to succeed in the CFL. Remember Maurice Leggett, the cornerback for the Kansas City Chiefs in 2008 and 2009? Didn't do very well. Did start a lot of games. I mean, there were not a lot of good cornerbacks ahead of him, so he did start a lot of games. He's actually found a lot of success in the CFL, and I think that's due to because of the fact that he had a lot of starting experience in the NFL. Manziel has some of that starting experience in the NFL, and I think he can carry that over to Canada up north and create some success there, and I think he'll be able to do that. If a player of Maurice Leggett's caliber is able to find success in the NFL. I certainly think Johnny Menzel can do a good job and probably probably be one of the best quarterbacks in CFL history. By the way, keep in mind, another former Chiefs uh, player, uh, actually quarterback Casey Printers, he went back to the CFL after he was cut by the Chiefs and more famously by Ray Farmer on Hard Knocks, and he ended up getting a uh, $500,000 contract. I forgot from which team, but that ended up being the highest Uh, Paid contract ever given to a uh, CFL player So I'm curious to see if Johnny Manziel if he can prove himself and eventually break that uh, contract record later on in his CFL career And the last thing I do want to touch on is J.J. Watt and just the uh, Just the positivity that he's trying to spread everyone knows about J.J. Watt and what he did during the fall, with uh, hurricane relief in uh, Houston and the amount of money he raised, $24, $25 million he raised to help rebuild the city of Houston. And I'm sure everyone heard about the uh, horrific shooting that took place late last week in the Houston area at Santa Fe High School. And uh, it's been reported that uh, 10 uh, are, are dead from that shooting. Uh, and look, I mean, it's very unfortunate just how many times we hear about these kinds of incidents. Uh, in the United States and uh, unfortunately, this is becoming a common thing and, and you know people who are higher up there, uh, whether you agree with their stance or not on certain things, I mean, they're hopefully trying to do their best in trying to uh, erase all of this. But JJ Watt in a world where we hear so much negative news, whether it's shooting, whether it's just a big divide in politics or a fight that takes place, a robbery, whatever. Uh, and, and again being in this PC social media world that we're in now uh, These things are recognized and noticed a lot more And unfortunately we don't hear uh, enough of uh, good things And J.J. Watt is uh, one of the good things out there One of the good people out there in the world And we need more people like J.J. Watt more, more higher profile guys More celebrities like J.J. Watt Remember I told you um, the uh, head coach of the San Antonio Spurs Greg Popovich, he he said, and I'm paraphrasing here. I can't remember the exact comment, but he said that you know if you're rich as hell, donate. And here's a guy in J.J. Watt who does who makes a lot of money, despite not playing much the past couple of years. And uh, there there was a uh, report released late last week that he had uh, announced that he will pay. For the funerals for all of the victims uh, from the shooting. Now, look, I mean that's that's not going to heal the uh, the the big damage that's already been done, but at the same time, uh, when we hear things like this, something positive never hurts to, uh, to, to, to to just see happen. Um, you know, I mean, look, if you believe in thoughts and prayers, those kinds of things, you know, go ahead and do that. That's fine. Uh, but when someone takes action like J.J. Watt does, again, someone that makes a lot of money and can make a big impact. Think of what J.J. Watt does to the city of Houston. And I remember when the Royals won the World Series, people were saying, well, give the the, the team the key to the city. No, 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 you do not give the the key to the city to people who win a sports championship. That's just recreational entertainment. That's fun stuff right there. J.J. Watt's a guy that's trying to lift the city of Houston. And, and, and man, I mean, if I if I wasn't a Chiefs fan, if I was a, just a football fan that didn't have any loyalties to any NFL team, I, I would just make the Texans my favorite because of J.J. Watt. Outside of the Chiefs, J. J., I consider J.J. Watt my favorite player, more so my favorite person, uh, because of what he does. And again, I know there are a lot of people out there that pursue certain things personally, but we don't see much of this. And I think JJ Watt needs to be used as an example for a lot of athletes out there and a lot of other celebrities out there because I, I think there are a lot of public figures, you know, again, athletes, celebrities, actors, actresses, whoever. Uh, they, they love to use their public profile and, and gain all the attention, but they never want to give back. JJ Watt does not fit that mold, not one bit. And. The least we can do is appreciate what a guy like J.J. Watt does. Again, in a world where negativity is so rampant, we don't hear so much about the positivity anymore. And J.J. Watt is trying to bring some of that positivity back. Can a, can one man himself do it? I don't know. But the things that he does on his own, everyone loves it. It's a start. I mean, it's better than doing nothing. And I hope other athletes and celebrities out there can follow the path that he's trying to create that a lot of rich people should start doing. Let's go out of bounds. Alright, some NBA and NHL to get into on this segment here. First, I want to talk about the Las Vegas Golden Knights advancing to the Stanley Cup. Uh, the 200-1 to 1 odds uh, from the Vegas Westlake betting uh, site Uh, they gave him those odds another betting site had the Vegas Golden Knights as low as 500 to 1 odds what a remarkable year it is and I think this really is one of the best stories maybe the best story in all of sports regardless of how things end in the Stanley Cup if they win the Stanley Cup this has to win just about every ESPY award possible it has to I know the Nick Foles story is very intriguing but I think this one's even better I really do. And I know the NFL is always the big dog and they win a lot of those awards. But this has to get a lot of heavy consideration over the Super Bowl for sure. Now here's an issue. A lot of people are complaining about how the expansion draft was doing a lot to help the Vigas Golden Knights. Before the season, the Golden Knights still had the lowest odds of winning the Stanley Cup. Nobody said anything after the expansion draft. During the season, when they were they had the best record in the NHL and they were dealing with injuries, nobody said anything. And now that they are Western Conference champions and advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals, people are now complaining mentioning the expansion draft. Well, you were not bringing this up before, and I think at this point a lot of hockey fans are using an excuse to complain about their team not being able to make it. Look, uh... Everyone agreed to these rules, and nobody gave the Vegas Golden Knights a chance to do well. So, I say throw those excuses out the window. They won, and they earned it. And they're advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals, and very deserving of it. If they win the Stanley Cup, I mean, this has to be the best story in sports, without question. One story that's being discussed, uh, Stephen Curry is criticized after saying, quote, this is my effing house. During Game 3 against the Rockets. Uh, and the criticism also includes his mother, Sonia Curry. Which, okay, I I think this is interesting. By the way, Kevin Durant was asked about this. And his response was, F yeah! <laughs> but I have to say, uh, look. Uh, who cares? I, I get it. Curry's a big name. So if he or Tom Brady... Or, or, or any big name out there. I mean, if, if anyone of a prominent position or uh, someone who's known to be one of the best in the sport right now, if they do something like this, it comes off unusual and weird and, and, and uh, uncalled for. Uh, but come on. I mean, look, everyone, even the kindest person out there curses once in a while in excitement or in anger even. Uh, so let's let's not blow this out of proportion. I think people are making way too big of a deal about this. All right. if this was Clay Thompson saying this, nobody says anything. Maybe it makes the rounds on Twitter, but that's it. I mean come on, it's not a big deal. Let's let it go. One thing that is a big deal though, uh, a report uh, that's talking about the NBA coming to Kansas City. The uh, conversation about that has heated up once again. Jared Sutton of the SEC Network. He was told by an NBA executive about the possibility of a team coming to Kansas City. Here's the quote. Kansas City, and this is what he was told from an NBA exec. Kansas City will get an NBA team at some point. It's a real thing I've heard from multiple sources. Okay, that's interesting, but here's the other thing. Uh, Kansas City was promised... At least an NBA or an NHL team. I know the Pittsburgh Penguins came very close. Ended up not being the case. Um, But the Sprint Center, here's the other thing. Even though Kansas City was promised to get a sports team once the Sprint Center was built. I don't think the Sprint Center was ready for the success that it has now. The Sprint Center is considered one of the busiest arenas in the country and in the world. And it's because of all of the concerts that they put on throughout throughout the year and they keep it as one of the more busiest arenas out there. Yes, they have some sporting events. They have an NBA preseason game, an NHL preseason game. They have the CBE classic, the big 12 tournament. Um, I mean, whatever other sporting events I can think of off the top of my head. Um, I mean, I'm not a whole lot. I mean, you've got some semi sports like monster jam and figure skating. I mean, you get those events every now and then the Harlem Globetrotters. I get that. Technically is considered a sport. Uh, and recently, we've seen a lot of NCAA action at the Sprint Center. We've had the Final Four in volleyball uh, just this past winter. And you had the NCAA regionals for women's this past year and regionals for men's last year in Kansas City. So there's been a lot of sports activity uh more so recently than before uh, with the Sprint Center. The, the only sports team we've seen downtown... Uh, full-time, the Kansas City Brigade, the Arena Football League team. Now look, we have to understand the fact that Seattle is probably going to be a uh, big contender when it comes to trying to get an NBA team. Uh, But again, if Oklahoma City can get a team, why can Kansas City? I think that's going to be a question that uh, some people are going to pose. Here's the other factor. Is the Sprint Center willing to accept the team? Knowing the success the Sprint Center has right now, are they willing to accept An NBA or an NHL team or both if that becomes a realistic possibility. Here's my thing. The the Staples Center in Los Angeles, it houses the Clippers, the Lakers, the LA Kings. At one point, they also had an Arena Football League team. They also have a WNBA team. They have four tenants there at one point. They had as many as 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, including an AFL team and an NBA D-League team at one point. And on top of that, they host a lot of other events, such as concerts, WWE, I forgot about WWE at one point, point. and LA being a very big town, you have UFC events there occasionally. Uh, you had a UFC event in Kansas City a little more than a year ago. So, listen, I, I think it's certainly doable. I think you can have... A, I think you can have an NBA team, and an NHL team, or at least one of them, and still continue your schedule at the concerts. The only thing you've got to be very careful with is scheduling conflict if your team makes the playoffs. I remember the Denver Nuggets, they did not think that their team was going to make it to the Western Conference Finals one year, and that drew conflict with WWE Monday Night Raw, and WWE was forced to find another venue, and crazy enough, they actually picked the team that the Nuggets were facing against for that series, the Lakers, and they held an event suddenly at the Saples Center, and it sold out. And look, good move, because that's the second biggest city in the country, so that's a very easy move, even though it interferes with a hometown team playing basketball. A lot of people live in L.A., so they would be more than happy to attend the event. That's the only thing you've got to be careful with when it comes to a scheduling conflict. Don't schedule something if there's the quote-unquote off-chance that maybe your team advances to the playoffs. That's the only thing, that's the only concern I would have. But again, you have people out there. It's a very rare thing. It doesn't happen often. Uh, you Generally, people out there, they're very careful and cautious of scheduling these kinds of things when it happens. Look, this is a sports town for sure. People got behind the Royals when they got good. People got behind Sporting KC during their championship run. People have always been behind... Uh, the Chiefs, the loudest stadium in the NFL, Allen Fieldhouse nearby, the loudest basketball arena in college basketball. So you know a team downtown, NBA and or NHL, will get a lot of support from people in Kansas City. Make it happen. You could do both that and continue your schedule with concerts. I think you can do that. I don't think it's that difficult of a thing to do. If a, a place like the Staples Center can do it, and again, I know they're a much bigger market, But if they can continue with all of those tenets, and continue on with their other events, certainly the Sprint Center can do it as well. Final segment of the show, let's throw some penalty flags. If you logged on uh, Facebook or Twitter at any point over the weekend, you definitely saw this video there was a baby gender reveal that went completely wrong now I'm sure you've seen the very popular gender reveal where uh, especially if you're a big baseball fan you see the um, the mom and the dad there um, uh, I, I guess one of them throws the pitch and the dad will swing and whatever they hit you'll see the uh, powder uh, the color of the powder it'll be either blue or pink I remember former royal Christian cologne did that on the, on the field at the K after a game once. As he and his wife uh, did a gender reveal that way. And I think that caught on and a lot of people started doing it more often. Uh, Well, there was one couple that did something similar. Of course, a lot of friends and family members were there to witness it. The problem is, it was a very high pitch. And so the father decided to not swing. And the ball ended up hitting the face of a person standing a couple feet behind the, the father, the batter and blue powder went everywhere so they found out by basically throwing the ball at someone's face that is how they learned about a gender reveal because nowadays with gender reveals everyone's wanting to do something special and post it on on uh, on their social media pages imagine you know you tell your kid about this you did your gender reveal this way and that's how they how they found out that they were a boy by throwing a ball at someone's face That is what gender reveals are now starting to come to. Okay, another thing that happened over the weekend, I'm sure everybody for sure knows about this one, the royal wedding took place. And it happened roughly around 4 or 5 o'clock, Central Standard Time, Kansas City Time. And let me just say, I woke up uh, uh, around, I generally wake up around 7 or 8 on Saturdays, uh, I wake up very early on the weekdays, but I sleep in a little bit on Saturdays, and I check social media, first thing I do when I wake up on my phone, and I already see tons of posts from hours ago regarding the royal wedding, the, the dress, how pretty it is. Let me just say right now, let me ask, do any of you wake up at 4am for your own wedding? None of you? No? Okay. I, like, I don't understand the obsession about all of this. Why do people care so much to see live, uh, the wedding? I mean, look, uh, I, I mean, people in, uh, in England, I, I mean, they complain about this because of the amount of money, uh, that they have to give in, the tax money, I guess, uh, just for this wedding. And they, 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 I don't remember the, uh, price of the dress, but it was something incredibly outrageous. I mean, look, uh, you, we talk about you know having a, a team in London. I've heard it's a very expensive place to live. Not only that, you're already halfway across the globe, and that makes it hard for road teams. I mean, the discussion about that is ridiculous. And, and plus, the, the the expense, all of that goes to one lady in that town. At least that's what a lot of NFL players have said and complained about. So look, uh, the royal wedding, great congratulations to these people, Prince Harry and I apologize. I don't know who. Quite honestly, I don't care. Uh, but come on, I mean, are we really going to are we really going to make such a big deal about this to the point where people have to wake up uh, 4 a.m. just because they want to see this? I mean, look, you'll catch all the highlights a few hours after that when you wake up. Sleep in; it's your weekend. You deserve it. Final story here. This one comes out of Jackson, Tennessee. A nail salon owner jumped onto the back of a car. Driven by an employee she said did not pay for her services. Employees surrounded the woman's car after she allegedly walked out without paying. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, the driver takes off and the owner decides to hang on to the trunk as the car speeds away. And uh, family members had told the media that the owner was drugged off the car just a few blocks away and then beaten Again, all because of something, something that happened at a nail salon. The woman is unfortunately in the hospital. Condition is not known. And uh, police said one person's arrested and they are investigating the incident. Look, uh, I, I remember working at a Staples uh, part-time when I was in college. And you know, we always had to have at least somebody in the front just to make sure no one seals anything. And there were a lot of attempts. Uh, I think working that job, the biggest thing I learned, uh, I was surprised... And how many attempts there there really are at people trying to steal things. Listen, I always just told myself, look, Staples is a big corporation. I'm a student just trying to get through. If someone steals, you know, ink or a pack of pencils, I mean, Staples will live and survive. Uh, There's really no no need for an individual, an employee, especially when a lot of employees are... uh, our kids, uh, college students, high school students, or just recent graduates for them to physically sacrifice themselves and try to get behind. And again, this woman's a, an owner. It's probably her own nail salon. So, I mean, she probably has... This is her own deal. So she probably takes a, a bigger offense to this, the fact that someone's taking money away from her. But is it really worth it at the end of the day to physically throw yourself out there and risk getting hurt the way she did? I, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't think so. I really don't. So, Listen, I understand, uh, you know, as, as someone that's in business myself, uh, definitely never an ideal situation. And it's not something that you ever want to deal with. That do it for this episode of the Chiefstone Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys for downloading and listening to the podcast. Big thank you to Dan Shonka from lads.com joining us. Be sure you check out his website and follow him on Twitter at OurLads underscore Shonka great stuff from dan definitely want to talk to him again uh, in the near future facebook.com that's my facebook page like and follow me on facebook follow me on twitter at farzine 21 you can also send me an email farzine at farzine if you haven't spread the word with the podcast subscribe on itunes and again we will be on google play very soon as i promised earlier so expect that very soon before the end of the month speaking of before the end of the month, we will have another podcast coming out next Tuesday. There is a guest I'm working on for um, for next week. Not exactly uh, booked just yet, but we're working on getting someone else. Uh, I don't want to say the name of it just yet, but maybe another guest coming on next week. If not, hey, we'll still have some news to talk about nonetheless as uh, OTAs are now underway. So we'll definitely have a lot to talk about regardless next week. Appreciate again all of you guys for downloading and listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. I'll talk to you guys next Tuesday.